when you're seeking a meaningful connection with someone to enrich your life, how would it be anything other than a rocky road to get there? guys welcome to the podcast this is let it out i'm your host katie dalebout in case you were wondering what you were listening to it's really late at night i just brushed my teeth with my dr ginger's toothpaste if you've been listening for a while do you remember dr ginger this is not sponsored by her but i genuinely really like this toothpaste i had her on years ago i don't know maybe three four years ago She sponsored one episode. She's a dentist in Arizona, I believe. And I've been using her coconut oil toothpaste ever since. Very into it. Anyway, I also am up late because I was in LA and I think I haven't readjusted to the time difference. Or maybe because I'm just staying up late, honestly but I had myself a snack, some of the Baruka's nuts actually. If you listened last week, you heard about them. This is not the sponsored portion of the podcast, but I'm very into these nuts, you guys. When I was in LA, I missed them and was excited to eat them when I got back. It's odd to be so dependent on a particular kind of nut that you can't find anywhere except ordering them through Baruka's. But if you listen to last week, you remember the founder, Darren, who I did a little interview with, and he shared the sweetest tender moment about his divorce and his ex-wife, and it was just so lovely and sweet, and I don't know if that's what made me like the nuts even more, but genuinely, they're really, really good. But you know, that's not what we're talking about right now. Let's talk about what today's interview is. It's a continuation of last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Clara, go back and listen to part one. This is part two of a conversation I recorded upstate New York at her house, her beautiful retreat home that she had me at. And this week we get to all the listener questions that you guys posted in the listener Facebook group, as well as some more questions that I have, including the quick fire questions I ask every week about, you know, spirituality and relationship advice and her routines and habits. But we get into being needy and unrequited love and jealousy in relationships. We talk about ghosting. We talk about helpful tools when starting dating, first date tips, what to wear, where to go, where to meet up, social media and dating. Of course, we talk about online dating, helpful tools, honestly. This is a really interesting episode. We also talk about not just dating. We talk about resetting our nervous system and habits and routines. And as a life coach, she gives her three most impactful books, which I'm reading one of them right now. And anyway, Clara is so wise that she deserved two episodes in a row. And, you know, this won't be the last episode with her. I can tell you that much. Speaking of collaborating with her, we're actually doing an event at the Hoxton Hotel in Williamsburg on July 17th. It's going to be yoga and journaling and talking about dating. 
and relationships, you should come. It would be really fun to have you guys there. So more information about that in the show notes. We're also sending out an email every week with my likes and learns and links and the show notes, basically. So if you want to be on that, feel free. If not, no big deal. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the sponsors. Honestly, you know, it's more important than you would think. It's tough having a podcast and launching something new. Not that this podcast is new, but I have new things that I'm launching. So, you know, it helps more than anything to listen and enjoy it. And if you do, check out the sponsors. It really does help. And share this episode if it's useful to you. Stick around at the end. I'll be sharing my likes and learns and who's coming up on the show next week. All right, you guys, like I said, I just got ready for bed. And part of my bedtime routine now is working with my Vertruvi essential oil diffuser. It's a beautiful diffuser. I'm not going to lie. It's chic. I love it so much. Do you guys have one yet? If not, you can use the discount code let it out to get 20% off your first order. That's at vertruvi.com. And you'll remember I had the wonderful Canadian co-founder, Sarah, on. She co-founded the company with her brother. And honestly, I, I just love them. Their products are designed to elevate your life and they really do do that that's what they say to say you know they elevate your life but but ultimately i just really love to use my essential oil blends to put them in my beautiful essential oil it looks it this essential oil diffuser you guys it looks be more beautiful than any other essential oil diffuser on the market it's premium and i love it and if you guys want one or want a great gift for Father's Day, this would be a great gift to give a dad, honestly. I know what you're thinking. Why would I give that to a dad? It's more of a a mom gift, seems more feminine, but you know, gender is fluid and it's a spectrum and I think everyone can enjoy essential oils. And honestly, these diffusers are quite chic. They really are. And I think that your father or a father near you would love it or honestly just buy it for yourself. Thank you for Truvy for sponsoring this episode and let it out is the code for 20% off your first order. All right, you guys, it's time for me to do the Baruka's Nuts ad. And let me tell you, I'm real excited. Baruka's Nuts have become quickly my favorite snack, especially the trail mix. Buy the trail mix. If you're gonna buy some anyway, Get the trail mix. The trail mix has the nuts in it. Just get the trail mix, maybe. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but let me tell you what I am supposed to say. These nuts are the best, honestly. They didn't even tell me to say that, but these are the the things I'm supposed to say. They're high in protein, a high quality protein. They're more easily digestible than other nuts. They have more fiber than any other nut. They're minimal rich. They contain potassium, calcium, magnesium, and other minerals. But here's the thing that I really love. They taste 
so great. They're a cross between a peanut and an almond, but they're better. And here's the thing I really love about them, which you can listen in last week's episode with the founder, Darren, who is just the most delightful man. We had such a nice conversation, even before and after we recorded. We had to reschedule that interview a bunch of times, and he was so chill about it. I just, I really, really liked him. And they are so sustainable in what they do and their processes for harvesting these nuts. And for every five pound bag that's sold, they plant a tree in the wild to expand the forest. So there's no pesticides, no fertilizers, and they work with the indigenous people to harvest the nuts. He talked about it at length in last week's episode. I really, really like the taste of these nuts. They're great for you with nutrition because they're high in protein, which, you know, we all we all need that. And honestly, I just like them and they're a really easy snack. Again, the trail mix is my favorite. Use the code let it out to get 15% off your first order and listen at the end because I might be doing a giveaway. I read this article on Man Repeller that you contributed to about nostalgia and this line really stuck with me where you said, we make a lot of assumptions about our past. A bad breakup can make us feel as though all future relationships are doomed for example, and ruminating on what went wrong can lead us to believe that we're incapable of change. But the fear that we are doomed to repeat our mistakes is super limiting. If you're stuck in those patterns of thought, like, will life ever be that good again? You need to remember that, of course, no feeling or relationship will ever be identical to another. If you are mourning a relationship and thinking you'll never love someone in the way you loved a previous partner, well, of course you won't, but you'll love someone differently with a different volume and feeling. Mm. <sighs> I'm so proud of myself that I got through that without crying. <laughs> Can you expand on that and talk about nostalgia and the pain that that mm. comes with that? Yeah. So I think there was a previous, we were just talking about it over the weekend. I can't remember the name, a previous podcast guest that you had on where she described how most of her relationships, depending on the timing and the season of her life, you know, she could have made work. Mm -hmm. And so I think, and I feel the same way in the sense of I met really wonderful people that changed my life. and impacted me in wonderful ways. So of course I would be nostalgic for both that person, those experiences, perhaps my, how naive I was about certain things and, you know, what, what had to be ruptured open in order for me to, to grow. And I think there's really, there's actually really a sweetness, I think, to, um, honoring, celebrating. There's that great, <laughs> so cheesy. There's that great line in Eat, Pray, Love when she's like, so miss me, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Let yourself. Yeah. That's okay. How sweet. How wonderful. I think Richard from Texas says that to her when she's talking about like missing her ex. And yes. He's like, so miss him. So miss him. Send him love and light every time you mm. think of him and move on. Yes. You know, and then do your thing. Yes. So um, there's a part of nostalgia where I think we were like, no, I need to move on, mm-hmm. just get over it, and it, it just makes me bristle. You know, that's that, that doesn't feel good. But we're afraid that we could get swallowed whole by that emotion. 
And I don't think we will. I think it's actually a really kind thing to let ourselves feel the sweetness and the beauty and the the missing, what's at the root of the missing of another person. At the same time, I think that um, we romanticize the past <laughs> and nostalgia can be a little blinding when it comes to, and and limiting rather, because I do believe any, when something breaks apart, it's ultimately to push you towards the more ultimate, so many words we could use, authentic, although we've kind of talked about how that's overused, version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so... It's overused because it's a good word. It's a good point. Yeah. And to make space for, and this is, honestly, this is easier now having multiple major breakups under my belt to anticipate. I couldn't, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago, six years ago, the love and intimacy I would experience in other relationships beyond that first individual, I I couldn't have even fathomed. And now I, of course, I still feel connected, you know, to the more previous, more recent previous relationship, but I also have a greater sense of what I don't even know is coming. And so I think that with nostalgia, it's giving yourself the permission to have those moments, um, but not get so locked in them that mm, you can't, can you, you're not giving yourself permission to, to move beyond it. And I think that there's a very, I would say, trust your body in that moment. There's a very physical component to it because I'm not saying go out to a bar and meet new people or start sleeping with somebody new or force yourself to date expose your nervous system to new music, new food, mm-hmm. uh, new music, you know, new museums. It doesn't need to be so harsh. Yeah. It doesn't even actually have to involve another. I think it's interesting. Something I'm, I'm struggling is like getting those pings of nostalgia that are just inevitable and will happen forever. Yeah. You know, uh, because it's, it's somewhat recent of, I hear this song or I see this thing or I see, you know, this water bottle or I see this, you know, whatever it is. And you're just like, there it is there. I feel like the mm-hmm. visceral, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I want to cry or I miss this person. And it's funny. Cause like, if I'm having a really good day and in a really good spot and I see one of those things, I'm just like, I can look at it with kind of the sweetness of like, oh, that was what a sweet memory and move on. But if I'm low and I'm already feeling sad and then I see that it's, really hard and it's hard and there's so many of them right now and like at the beginning so how do you like pivot out of the pings of nostalgia or is it just like Mm. that's just the phase you're in right now and you know there's that like line of it takes someone to get over someone else which I don't you know Mm. think is healthy and true but yeah, and everyone just keeps telling me it's time, it's time, it's time. But Which I guess is so annoying. Big, yeah, there's like a big <laughs> fear that's like, well, it's been some time and I still feel this way. So I don't know. Any advice there, I guess? Yeah. I Well, one, I mean, you just said it, context, whether it's where you are physically or what your mood is that day matters so much. So I use the example of, um, you know, you could be on the heels of maybe it's a few months out of ending something with someone, however long it lasted whether you dated for a few weeks or a few months or a few years and you're settling into like a nice Netflix 
you know, red wine, you've got whatever, some, whatever rom-com you're watching, it's like a Friday night and you're so cozy and you're home. And before you turn on the film, you happen to, you know, flip through Instagram or Facebook. You're logged into their Netflix. <laughs> yes, exactly. Something comes up, which shows you that, you know, either reminds you of the other person or shows you that they're actually out, ha- you know, being social. Oh my God. Can't and, even. <laughs> and total in that instance, your entire perspective, your entire lens on how you viewed, like seconds ago, you were like, I'm living my best life in cozy socks with hot tea or wine, whatever. And Julia Roberts. And now you're like, I'm going to die alone. (laughs) You know, so acknowledging, I almost think of them as like emotional dials. And right now your emotional dials comes to these moments coming up are really turned up, um, really charged, really, they can really, they can knock you down very easily where they, they start to, the volume goes down over time. And now I can have, it's interesting. I can have, have moments of ones from previous relationships where I'm like, gosh, Oh, I totally forgot we did that thing together. And it'll remind me of something or maybe something sweeter. And then with more, more, the more recent relationship, it it will be harder. It will sting a bit. And that I think is the unfortunate reality of being a human being. (laughs) I mean, you know, I think that, uh, if they become, there's one way in which we can numb and there's another way in which they can become um, so severe that you do have to seek the support of, you know, a coach or a therapist or some type of practice or modality um, to almost kind of reset your nervous system in a way. Yeah. Oh, being a person so hard. I know. (laughs) It's also beautiful and wonderful, but damn. I know. I know. So, I guess we've we've kind of addressed this, but to get an idea of how you work with people. So how would you start a session with someone, someone like me who's like fresh-ish out of a breakup that like really tore me apart, you know? Yeah. And, you know, wants to start dating again. What is a helpful tool for where to start in terms of dating? You know, you're someone that I admire. You're we were talking about this. I needed expanders, role models, Mm -hmm. Lacey Phillips term expanders on how to be single. You know, I was saying to you earlier, I have a lot of negative expand single expanders. So like people, I'm like, I don't want to end up like that. mm -hmm. Um, And I need some positive ones. So I guess, yeah, like where would you start with, with me into, you know, my therapist told me like, I need to learn how to be single. So Mm. how would you, how would you coach someone from this place? What would that start look like? Well, there's so much pressure put on us culturally and societally, I'll say. And then also there is, especially if you want to have kids and there can feel like more of a timeline, but so I want to acknowledge that mm-hmm. because, but there's a lot of pressure. I, I see so much dating out of obligation. So, and we think and there's that feeling if I'm not, do, if I want to meet somebody and I'm not on the apps and I'm not doing anything, then, well, what do I expect? I'm not working on it. I'm not putting myself out there. So, and then we end up just swiping mindlessly or we're not even registering in terms of what's coming towards us because we don't have the the energy to put into it. And a lot of women, I, you know, it, it can be so scary to give yourself the permission to take a break because we either feel that 
we, we can't imagine. We feel so bad about it right now. How could we ever fathom getting back into it? Where will that energy ever come from? And I can guarantee you the fastest way to experience that energy is to give yourself the full-on permission to take away the pressure to date itself and then to explore really what's behind the anxiety, the sadness, the anger, whatever the emotion is that is making you feel either obligated to do that thing or so miserable about the experience itself. And so, you know, to me, for someone like you, you are in a place where you're far from it because there's much to process from, and far could mean a few weeks. It could mean a few months, you know, it's all your definition of what that is because you have to give yourself the permission to fully process what you're going through emotionally right now. And I think that there will also be magic in trusting yourself that when you do feel you will have a day, if you're staying tapped into your body where that curiosity comes back and you're like, Oh, I feel like a little bit alive again in mm-hmm. that sense. So I think what happens too with coaching is that people think, okay, we're going to do something right now where the first step is self, like I'm here to give people more agency in, in their pursuit of partnership. And that first starts with awareness. Why do I feel so shitty where I am right now? And there's so much gold knowledge information in there that guides, oh, if I just, if I remove this, if I shift that, if I do this thing that that guides you in both where you want to move in that direction, whether that be more internal work that you want to do or how you want to approach the situation itself. I think when, when it comes to starting dating, it can feel like, like you probably did when you were writing that article diving into the newness of it. It's like learning a new skill or a new language or a new trying something completely new and that's jarring. So I Mm -hmm. think that's where, you know, having support, working with someone like you, having the support of friends, I think is you're diving into something that you haven't done before, haven't done in a really long time. And that's, that's, I think the piece that I'm wrestling with, you know, I want to do it. I'm like ready to do it. It's just, you know, there's the, newness and change of any sort is complicated for humans, I think. Yeah. And I also think too, that we don't, especially when it comes to dating, we think very much about how can I present myself in a way that someone will stick to me versus what am I seeking in another? What do I want to create with another? And so for where you are right now, I would think about when you feel the urge to date, and I don't want to go into a coaching session if we don't want to make it mm-hmm. this, but when you feel the urge to date, I would take it a step further and say, well, what is it specifically that I'm craving in that regard? Is it, I really love going to the movies with somebody, or I really love sharing a Saturday walk with somebody, or I really love getting coffee with somebody and contextualize it a little bit more, give it more texture and color and clarity. And then also to take it a step further, like, what do you want to create in your life? I mean, it could be, you know what? I haven't, I just came out of this relationship. I haven't really dated anybody in a long time. New York is new to me in terms of dating. I want to dip a toe in and see what is this experience actually like? Or, you know, I'm this age, I really seek to build a life with someone in that way. Mm -hmm. And part of that too is giving yourself 
you know, we've been taught that having standards, it's like if you have standards, you automatically have high standards, but knowing your wants, your wants and needs are reflective of your values. And essentially a successful relationship, a big part of that is alignment on key values and having clarity around what those things are actually work as a compass but we don't even, you know, especially where we are in the age, especially for women, of, I don't want to be too much, too needy, too forward, too something that, that we're too attached to anything. We're so afraid. And I think that's a big part of dating in person. It's like, oh my God, am I coming across as too needy, too forceful, too in their face, too independent. And so we think, oh, well, when will I just be ready or want to? But giving yourself the space to actually ask, what do I want to create with mm-hmm. someone in this next stage of my life. And you may not know. And you may think, oh, I might I might need to figure that out a bit. And you know yeah. how you figure it out? You're like, go on a date and see how you feel. Yeah. It's interesting. I I went on a weird coffee date with someone. I didn't even tell you this, <laughs> that I met at coffee shop, coffee shop where we met actually like very soon after this breakup mm. and I, I left the date and I just like instantly cried and, and, mm. and I was just like, okay, that was, that wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. But what I realized and what's coming up for me as you're talking is like what I'm seeking is I'm different and more comfortable. We talked about this a little bit last night, I think, and I'm more confident and I'm more myself when I'm in a relationship and I wondered if this is something that you've experienced or if your clients have experienced and you kind of talked about it. It's like what I need to do is find that confidence as a single person that I had with this other person because I was allowing the fact that I was in a relationship with someone I admired and thought was really cool and special and great to give me dopamine or to Mm -hmm. give me validation or to make me feel good enough or feel seen or feel worthy. And it's like, I have to feel worthy without being attached to this person that I deem cool and interesting who would like, he likes me. So therefore I'm cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I would also say though, be because we can put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, Oh, I need to fix myself in these ways to make myself ready, you know, so I can just stand on my own two feet and don't do I like being in a relationship because I have someone that tells me that I'm beautiful and that my butt looks good and makes me coffee in the morning. Oh my, yes, that feels so delicious and good. And I do want that. Do I miss that, you know, right now? Yes. But I would say, again, I can't, I, I keep coming back to this word. The word curiosity is to look at it more from a curious lens of, oh, how do I need to feed myself right now in terms of where did I perhaps lean on this individual too much? And where do I want something different? And where do I, this is something that's true about me and I need this from a partner and I need to, I mean, I, one thing I'm always telling people and clients is we're responsible for, for teaching others how we want to be treated. So it's like, where do I actually need to learn? And, and, and friendships are a great way, family. I mean, these are even better than to hone those skills and to understand those things about ourselves. So I, I'm always so careful about that. And especially because I work with women that are so like, they work so hard and they just want to get it all done. It's like, oh my gosh, please just be so kind to yourself. Because, you know, I even think the way that you described you went on that date and, you know, or whatever, it was a faux coffee date, but however you described it and you burst into tears afterwards. It's interesting because I went on a sort of faux date 
a couple months after this last breakup that I went through and I, I wasn't planning on kissing him and my, we did. And I remember kissing him and it felt like my lips were touching rubber. And I've actually later learned that there's, when it comes to, you know, evolutionarily speaking, kissing is one of the most intimate things. That's why moms and babies put their mouths on one another, but it was such a jarring experience. And I too went home and burst into tears. And I think having both having compassion for, you know, those experiences and saying like, Oh, maybe I'm not ready. But also one of my huge tenants is dating is messy. It is so, it's like an emotionally complicated endeavor. It's not, it's like, it is an emotionally complicated endeavor. The ultimate goal of which, and I say this all the time is a deep and meaningful connection with a person that you admire, love and respect. Of course, it's going to be a bumpy road Mm -hmm. to getting there, but we don't like that. I mean, that's, and I go back to like the vision of the, you know, your dating app sitting next to your banking portal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think we could, let me check, 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 do this thing. Oh God, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's like you, you know, you want to feel accepted and seen Mm -hmm. and in the coziness of the relationship. And, you know, we were just saying, we missed that person, you know, giving you validation and making you coffee and coziness. And it's okay to want those things. But also at the same time, we're the only person that's going to be with ourselves all the way to the end. And Mm. nothing is actually certain forever. And as much as I, you know, wanted that last relationship to be forever or this next relationship to be forever or a friendship, or we really have to come to terms with the reality that we have to it's so cheesy, but like be our own best friend or be okay with ourselves because we're the only person that's going to bring ourselves through this entire ride of being a human being, which is, you know, beautiful and wonderful and terrible and awful. And, (laughs) you know, you can think someone else is going to be there. And that's how I think I was so delusional in this last relationship of like, this is just going to always be here. I can, it, it allowed me to feel more free in my life because I knew that he was always going to be mm-hmm. there to catch me. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard and painful because, you know, ultimately I could be with another person and feel the same way and they could die or mm-hmm. I could have a friendship that ends or like, or they could leave me or they could, who knows? And it's like, you have to be, I really was so vulnerable and cracked open in that relationship because he made me feel so safe and wonderful, which is, which is great. Which is, I mean, which is really which is what we want. That you did that. Yeah. 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 But now I'm like having to build myself up again and it's, mm-hmm. it's feels very far, you know? Of course. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, if I had to boil down my work to like, two things that, that, I work with myself myself on and then other people is self-awareness and emotional resilience. I think that actually whether you're in relationship or not, whether you're partnered and you guys have a fight or something challenging happens or you're moving out of a breakup or learning to enjoy your time being single and adjusting from what happened before, I think of, as you were talking, I was trying to think of the, not a balance beam, but almost essentially actually whether you're balancing on something or um, I think about it in terms of yoga, I always think about the sweet spot point Mm -hmm. between the ease and the effort and that area 
where you have enough self-awareness and emotional resilience to, let's say you're in a relationship and you have some sort of fight or something happens to separate yourself from the situation to either not take it so personally or evolve from it together. And then when you're on your own, uh, to be open enough to receive and let someone in, which is a huge thing um, that we're, we're terrible at receiving, and especially women that are used to doing everything on their own, leaning into that ability to let others in emotionally, be vulnerable, and then also be able to be grounded in ourselves. And it is a constant dance. Mm-hmm. It is a constant. I often think of it in triangle pose where it's like you don't want to be uh, dipping too much. And, and you know this even better having taught yoga where you're just sort of collapsing into the pose. You all, you want to stay lifted, but you also don't want to be stretching yourself too much. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a constant equilibrium that you're working to to balance. Yeah. Okay. I could talk to you forever. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of richness already in this conversation, but we got a lot of questions in the listener Facebook group. So let's do these dating Q&A quick fire. Some of them are mine, totally. some of them are from other people. Okay. So just kind of say the first things that come to your mind. How do you handle family and friends giving you unsolicited dating advice and how to respond to that when you're feeling vulnerable? Mm, this is one of my favorite questions because whatever type of life advice, whether anytime you are hurt or struggling with something, as family and friends are so conditioned to want to solve. So when if you say to them, I can't can't meet anybody or I'm being ghosted or you're really upset by that, it is their natural inclination to want to come to you with advice of, well, have you tried this? Or maybe you should do that. Or maybe if you fix this thing and it's like, wait, 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 I just wanted to vent and, mm-hmm. and get this off. And that comes back to our responsibility to teach other people how to treat us. So two things I would say to that, either set boundaries, because we all know that we have those people in our life that, and perhaps it's our mothers, <laughs> although I actually have a, my mom and I are pretty lock set on the boundaries, but who are going to give unsolicited advice that doesn't make us feel good or be really clear in the upfront and say, you know, I just, um, I just can I just vent? Yeah. And ask for that. And then if you do legitimately want advice, I think what you were just talking about is is seeking communities, people, or having certain friends that you only share certain information with and just getting really conscious about that. So definitely being conscious of those boundaries when it comes to discussing your dating life because people just want to solve. Mm-hmm. And that's not always helpful. Yeah. What about when you're feeling jealousy or comparison to another person or another relationship? Mm, um, jealousy is always a mirror, mm-hmm. right? So those who we're jealous of were either craving or desiring something that they have. I would give yourself the permission to get specific about that. So is it the partner that that person has? Is it the type of lifestyle that they have? Is it the way in which they go about dating? Is the way in which they carry themselves? Is it something that you wished you held within yourself that you did yourself so I would look beyond the actual jealousy itself and see what else is there. And again, give yourself permit. It's like, uh, yeah, of course. Okay. You know, we're so quick to be like, I want to squash that feeling and I'm a terrible person for feeling it. That's not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that won't get you anywhere. What about unrequited love and how to handle that? Mm, it's so interesting. I'm so curious. I'm like, oh, have I had unrequited love? It just in terms of, I assume that person 
loves this other person or has feelings for this mm-hmm. person. They're not reciprocated. Yeah. So I can't say anything that's magically going to take those feelings away. I can say that we have to respect one another for what is true for us. And if that's a feeling that you're having and you're feeling, okay, I'm going to back into it another way. There's a, there's a great quote from Ken Page who wrote the book, Deeper Dating, where he wrote, the planet of proving is a pathway to hell. So I think sometimes when we have unrequited love, we think this person could just see it from this angle. If they could just understand this one smidgen, then it would be totally different and they would totally love me and it would totally work. And why don't they see that? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he call, he says it's a pathway to hell. Yeah, It truly is. And so I don't know the specifics of this scenario, but that place when you're in of like, God, I just care for this person so much. And why isn't, I mean, you were just, we're, we're gripping. Yeah. We're gripping so hard to something that isn't ours to hold on to. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I understand that just from, you know, unrequited love, similar to a breakup and being like, there was love yeah. and now there's not, that's kind of unrequited love too. And it's, it's no joke, you know? It's an uncomfortable feeling, so you have oh to God. let it go. And I would also totally, because I would, I can speak candidly too, now I'm looking at, thinking about it in a little bit of a different way. There, I definitely vocalized, at the end of this last relationship, I really vocalized the feelings that I was having for this person as caring for them and that I didn't feel we were aligned. I, I remember writing an email and saying, I feel like a fool. I'm walking around the apartment when you're not home and smelling your clothes because I miss being close to you. They didn't reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And I actually felt a lot of pride in being able to say that and not have it be reciprocated and be honest about something I was feeling so viscerally. And so, you know, I don't know, again, I don't know where this person is sitting with that, but we have we should just be so much kinder to ourselves versus attacking ourselves. I'm glad you shared that because that makes me feel less alone and hopefully other people. Mm. You, This is kind of a, a similar question that comes from Claire. And she says, how to love someone without being too clingy and too <laughs> attached. I'm naturally very loving and caring. And I, when I care about someone, I give 110% to the relationships, friendships too. And sometimes people don't reciprocate. Sometimes they do, which is wonderful. I'm so glad you have a friend that that happens for. I do this too. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So this, I think this is important, whether it's in a romantic or a non-romantic platonic situation, but I too am such a giver. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to love on people, but I have learned that you, me, and Claire, (laughs) (laughs) when it's not reciprocated, you have to look at, um, you have a, a, that wanting to be so generous with that care is something that makes you feel alive and, and like your true self, but it's also something that needs to be, uh, handed out with care and being mindful too of, does your personal fulfillment come from others needing you in that mm. way? I mean, because that's that, I mean, we're just talking about codependency at this point, but to be mindful of how you are filled up by others in that capacity and to be judicious when it comes to sharing that part of yourself. And 
I mean, I think, you know, I, I think examples are so helpful. And I mean, I, I had you here this weekend because you're someone that I really care for, for, but I knew that it would be reciprocated and that there would be an ease to it where I was not totally, uh, depleted Mm-hmm. from it. And I think it's great because I mean, we're obviously, we're not dating, but <laughs> we're friends. And so to really become, I think to that person who wrote that in, I would look at, are there scenarios in which people haven't reciprocated and you feel kind of bitter about it? It's like, Ooh, what's that about? We've both had that. We were talking about last night with yeah. a mutual friend that we yeah. have. I mean, it's an uncomfortable feeling. I've had it a lot and it's hard. So I think it's, and I think it, I, I know Claire and um, I know she's younger and I, I'm not good at this at all, but I'm getting more aware of it the older I get too and doling yeah. it out. Yes. And I would say to be, so I'm an empath. I would get, I mean, I think you're an empath and son, when you are empathic Claire too, I'm sure. Yeah. When you are empathic, this feeds you, but you also tend to draw people that are really attract people that are really they need that as well, but they're not, they need it to fill themselves up, but they don't necessarily dole it back out. Yeah, uh, They're not as empathic and it's your responsibility actually to be mindful of that. It's never, it's actually, it's such a learning. If there's anybody where, where people don't reciprocate and you're bitter or angry about it, ooh, what's there? That's, totally. that's not their fault. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they didn't ask you to help them in that way necessarily. So what can you learn from that? This is interesting. And I think it, it ties into Claire's question in terms of dating. You've written about how it's not the dates themselves that are that scary. Mm. It's the in-between. Yeah. And you wrote this blog where you say it's the period where our mind goes bananas over what the other person is doing, how they feel about us, where this thing is going. And OMG, are they going to ghost me? <laughs> Can you talk about how to be chill during that in-between period? I come back to my mantra of dating is messy. So the first thing is, yeah, I mean, that part is really the the worst part. And so the first step is getting clarity around why. Why is it that you feel that way? If it's, well, okay, I'm in the early stages, I'm developing feelings, and I've only met this person a handful of times, and you don't know where it's going. Yeah, that's that's bound to happen. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we're so bad at being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, so... I mean, it's a salve for anything in life of, you know, getting comfortable with discomfort, but that's not really what you want to hear in that moment Mm, when you're like, why the fuck aren't they texting me back? (laughs) I'll use the example of the other piece that I wrote on dating without texting. That story, if you read that piece, the the beginning of it, it talks about how, you know, we talked about not texting, but that really wasn't the meat of it, what was really underneath that was we were sharing our communication preferences, which is something that we don't do at all. And what we do is we go on a date and we're afraid of being the first one to text back, but we like the person and we don't want to seem too needy. And so we're like, oh, just play it cool and be totally nonchalant. Meanwhile, the other person has no idea how we feel slash we don't know. And there's an entire undercurrent of communication that's running that's no one's actually saying anything, but something's being said in the not saying or being said in the I waited six hours to text back or being said in the, I used one emoji, but not six Mm. exclamation points. I mean, 
that's you sort of talk about this stuff and it's like god phone calls and meeting people in person start to sound really <laughs> yeah. just very clear yeah so what was this person's original question i actually feel like i got it no it was me i was just uh, mm, i just was talking about your your blog post that you wrote about this and you know how to chill during that in between period so, is it like go distract yourself and do things you like and enjoy and not be like tied to your phone like i have a best friend who's really great at dating she's just chill she couldn't be more opposite than me and she went on a date with someone this week and I was like, oh, how'd it go? And she's like, yes, fine, whatever. Like, I don't even, I'm not attaching to it. I'll, like, I'll see him or I won't. Like, and I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, I would, I would be calling her and wanting to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And it just, that contrast I found hilarious. Well, it's interesting because as you were saying that, and I was like, I have a feeling that you'll go on dates where you'll meet people and be sort of lukewarm. Yeah. And be like, eh, you know, we'll see either way that it could go. Again, I come back to if you're having those intense feelings of, of anxiety, what does that say actually about, well, is it really because I'm 29 and I wanted to be married by the time that I was 30 and I feel like every person I go out with is like my, I'm like walking the plank. It's my last attempt and I don't believe there are any single men in my, oh my God. right. I mean, I really, I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, exactly. But you can really spiral. And so yeah. is there such anxiety over this gray area, this in-between because you're actually, gra and those are real. That's, you know, you're grappling with this larger fear or concern over, fuck, I want to share my life with someone mm -hmm. and I don't know how to do this. And it's not just about that one date. It's not just about that one person. It's about, I want this larger thing. Yeah. And I think the difference between my friend and I is that she has more experience being single than I do. I really yeah. like being in a relationship and I need to warm up with myself and being being in this place. And I that too reminds me of, it's so, we were talking about the seeking advice from friends. It's really easy to compare ourselves and say, well, it's so easy for them. What's wrong with me? What's mm. wrong with me? And that language of, I always reframe it as what support do I need in order to uh, help me through this? So that can be as, an, I mean, it, it's so, it starts like 10 steps back where, okay, if you're seeking meaningful partnership, put in your online profile, seeking something meaningful. People always say to me, they're like, what if that scares people away? Great. Those are the people that don't <laughs> want yeah. a relationship, you know? So it's like, again, that's why it has nothing to do actually with the moment itself. It's the bigger thing. Yeah. So put that in there. And then on the date itself, if you're somebody that prefers to have, if you like them or if you at the end of the evening and people are going to hear this and they're like, I could never do that. And I totally get that because I'm kind of leaving a lot out in terms of personal development and, you know, coming into who you are. I'm just trying to show where the opportunity to shift those feelings doesn't have to do with, I'm going to go to a spin class and leave my phone at home to remove all the anxiety. It's not about that. It's reaching the end of a date and being able to say, you know, I had a really good time. I don't know how you're feeling about this or what you're looking for, but it would be so great to see you again would you want to do X, Y, Z or texting them that the next day or because we think it's like mon Monopoly is not the right game, whatever. We think we're going to make one move and step on a landmine and the whole house is going to come crashing mm -hmm. down. And if it does, that wasn't your yeah. person. Yeah. If it does, that wasn't your person. And also I know that then requires a level of emotional resilience. So yeah. the whole thing, I mean, I don't deny it. The whole thing is a big clusterfuck. It's, yeah. really, <laughs> yeah. it's really hard. It's yeah. really hard. I think acknowledging that is so important, but also not like dwelling on that. Yeah. 
okay, we we must talk about social media and dating. Mm, what boundaries yes. do you recommend for yourself and your clients? Everything from, you know, when to follow in a new relationship, when to post about them, blocking an ex, just kind of your general thoughts on some of those things. Yeah. So the thing I talk about here is our dating lens. So in anything in life, your entire experience of dating, whether it's how you work with, how you use the apps to how you experience that first date to a developing relationship is entirely formed by every past experience. And so social media just fuels the fire in that regard. I have a very strict policy on not stalking because stalking ultimately, like, why do we stalk? It ultimately presents, it's a false sense of control. Whenever I hear the word stalking, I think with glasses in the bushes. <laughs> I know what it means, but it's just funny. Well, yeah, now you have a laptop and it's like mm-hmm. Google and Facebook mm-hmm. and you know where they went on spring break. So I'll share a what story in of, 1993. I know, I met this guy. It was a guy that I actually met on the subway a couple of years ago. And this was when I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I'd met him on the subway and I was intrigued by him, but I didn't really know who he was. And so I Googled him before we met for our date. Turns out he was like a full-blown, crazy famous model. I mean, like a six-pack. I was like, is that is that painted? I now have to, I'm, well, I was like, I'm not eating for six weeks now. And I mean, all the yeah. terrible things that we can say and do. And so, I mean, I went down this rabbit hole. I knew who his ex-girlfriend was. She was a clothing designer. They'd rescued their dog in Tennessee. Oh, I mean, just, yeah. uh, totally not helpful information. But what I was trying to do in that moment was learn more about him to ascertain more control over the scenario to make myself more likable and attractive in our first experience together. And instead, I just ended up learning a lot of not useful information about an individual that who was late, not even good for me to be, it wasn't even a right person for and me to be that's dating. that's the kind of thing that should come up like, you know, at 2 a.m., you know, after your seventh date, you'll learn uh, these things, not yes. like on the internet before you No, no. Yeah. So we paint this whole picture of this individual based on where they went to sp- on spring break 16 years ago. And then we go into it and think we have this whole idea of how it's all going to work out. And so the question was really around social media. I would say be very mindful of the stories that you craft around the information that you find online. I'm pretty bullish on, I have blocked certain people. I've unfollowed certain people. And I have also just set boundaries for myself. I'm not immune to feeling triggered by seeing a past ex, you know, with somebody else. I'm not. So I just don't go hunting for it. Mm -hmm. It's not that I've come to some point where I'm, you know, I don't know what's the word that I'm looking for, but enlightened or something mm-hmm. <laughs> where I'm immune to any, I'm not, I, I'm conscious of, I don't need that to knock me down today or any day. And so I think one thing too, is that we can be very quick to do that in the early days. And if you feel like it would be helpful for you, for example, if I've had people say, oh, I, you know, I wanted to, f- follow you or they've requested to friend me on Facebook after two dates, which I mean, I don't even use Facebook. So, and I won't accept and they've had, they've said something and, and I've just said, Oh, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I, you don't really use it. And I kind of, I want to take my time to get to know people. That's the boundary that you're setting. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of questions, one from Cora in particular about how important chemistry is and what to do to figure out what you're looking for. But I really want to talk about how, because I think this question leads to it is, you know, sex and relationships, when to have it, how long to wait, nerves around it. What are your kind of thoughts and rules of thumb there? So whenever questions like that come up around when to have sex with somebody, 
my question back is always, what makes you think that not trusting in your own body and the desires you feel there is the, that that won't lead you in the, and I don't mean to be so like, what makes you think, but truly Mm -hmm. I turn all these questions back because so much of dating culture and advice is, it's like, you don't, there's the old parable or whatever. You don't give some, when a, a fish, you teach them to fish. And so dating advice just want here don't you know don't sleep with them at this point but sleep with them at this point because then you won't mess anything up which is so so i mean first of all you should not sleep with them until you want to mm-hmm. and if i would also say if that's the first date and because we have such a dichotomy between you know someone being the you're either the nice girl next door or you're the slut mm-hmm. so having more so a relationship with your sexuality and less around well what is right here What's right all comes down to you. And that can feel really scary because we're all looking for sort of a vast, a pack, right? Someone to guide us, someone to tell us the right way because then we might not mess up. Let me just follow this formula. Exactly. Exactly. So when it comes to when you want to sleep with somebody, it's when it feels right to you. And that can even be you're making out and you feel that it's right. And then it starts to happen and you're like, I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. I mean, ownership over our bodies is, is, is a, Gosh, I mean, not to put that lightly, but, and that's when it comes to, we think about sort of priming ourselves for a relationship itself. These micro occurrences, these mini sort of challenges are all, I mean, they all add up to build a bigger foundation in you as a person or in the relationship itself. Yeah. And so I can think of some of my sweetest moments. And I know we were talking about a bigger topic, but I'm going down a tangent here. But one of my sweetest moments was in a very, when I, the last guy that I was dating, it was in the early, hmm, it was a couple of weeks in and we were sleeping together for the first time. And I had been using some new type of contraception and it just, it irritated something in me. And it was just, it was like a crime scene, <laughs> not to be too GMI. And I ran to the bathroom and I burst into tears and it ended up being this beautiful moment because he said to me, he was like, sweetheart, it's only going to get messier. Mm-hmm. And it was really this, you want to, it was a moment that, that from the outside looking in could have been very embarrassing or messy or scary. And it actually ended up being this really sweet and beautiful that formed a deeper connection between yeah. us. And so, and I think these questions of when do you sleep with someone, that's for you to yeah. tap into your body and not feel like, God, if it's coming from a place of I'm going to lose this person if I don't sleep with them by this point. You don't have to do that to yourself. Yeah. And I think just looking at something that really helped me, I think I heard this from another person of like looking at sex is like much like dating, much like life. It's messy. It's oh yeah, uncomfortable. Bodies are it's weird. It's also really wonderful and beautiful. <laughs> it's all of the same things, but it's, it's a really great way to get to know someone. You know, it's a really great way to like, when you're in that vulnerable state, you can kind of see a, a true side of a person that you might not see, you know, in a different setting and you know it's a it's a way to deepen things yeah 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 okay we got so many questions about online dating and the apps and Mm. i think we'll we'll come back to those and i think we've covered how to meet people irl at length but we get a lot of questions on first dates and i do want to to talk about them a little bit because Mm -hmm. i think this is interesting and so i have these quick fire first date tips can i sure get them get these answers from you okay so I would love to know where, what's your go-to, like where to meet for a first date? I would think about the season of your life and mm-hmm. what you're craving doing. And it's less about a specific place and more so about 
there's no need for it to always be a bar. So suggesting a coffee and a walk or suggesting a visit to a museum or suggesting it can be a drink or it can be, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, I would say actually to get really clear on, well, what do I actually want to do or share with someone right now? What about speaking of that topics to bring up, what to share about yourself, what to maybe hold on to for later? Mm, You know, it's funny. I, my work is primarily focused on working with women so that they're so at ease in their, in themselves such that these they know que- the answers to these. Well, these questions don't necessarily come up. And and so my philosophy can be kind of frustrating for some people because it's like, just give me this formula. Well, exactly. But I think when it comes to first dates, there's such a beauty to me. And look, if you're feeling uncomfortable or feeling nervous, actually saying to somebody, I got to admit, it's always a little funny for me meeting somebody for the first time because it's like you meet on the internet and you're here and we're supposed to be having this conversation, getting to know each mm-hmm. other. And just saying that, which is really, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, am I saying the wrong thing? You know, but um, it's, I, it's like opening a little door to Human- uh, your humanity. Your humanity. Yeah. Exactly. And it gives some, anytime. Acknowledging the elephant in the room that like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I think that's such a powerful place to start mm-hmm. because it then opens to the the door to how people feel about dating and how they approach dating right now. And I don't think it's about the right things to ask or to say, but more so how do you physically, your body will read them, right? So how do you physically feel in in their presence? Is there a shortness of breath? Is there, um, I don't know, a, a, a warmth or an intrigue or a curiosity? There also can be, you have a really bad first date. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we only hear about these stories when it's like a wedding story and they tell all the stories of the wedding of how it was so terrible and doomed and they broke up six times, but then they got back together and it was happily ever after. I don't, it's not so linear. Do you have any pre-date rituals or like a go-to outfit or anything? Oh, I mean, I would say don't, don't drink too much <laughs> if you are going to be drinking. No, I never had such a ceremony around it. I mean, I think if you're feeling with anything in life, if you're feeling nervous, I think that, you know, whatever grounding practices that you have that can feel pretty personal. So that could be like deep breathing or some type of meditation or even just, I like having sort of your crew of people, maybe it's somebody that you text and you can say to them, I'm going into the state, I'm feeling pretty nervous. Can I check in with you Mm -hmm. afterwards so that you feel held? in yeah, some capacity, like emotionally, mentally, whatever it may look like, look like. And you can, you know, you can have like, if the date goes well, you know, it's like, if I send you a smiley face emoji two hours from now, it means that I actually don't need to call you and yeah. <laughs> we're having a really great time. I think of them as sort of these little, you know, anchors. I that, love that. Yeah. No, I mean, because it reminds us too that, that, and it doesn't have to be another single friend. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, it can be anybody, yeah. just that we're all so connected in that capacity. What's your greatest lesson on friendship? Mm, that it evolves. Mm, yeah, so true. What's your favorite part of your life right now? Oh, God. Creative freedom. Mm. I have a lot of, now that I've moved upstate full time, I have a lot of creative freedom that comes from 
being able to drive places and starting yeah. to study like equine therapy this week and working with horses, you know, so that's cool. something that wouldn't be. So yeah, a lot of creative freedom. What are some of your morning and evening routines and rituals that mm. you love? Well, you've witnessed some of them. <laughs> um, I love coffee and I went through a period, I went through years where I was like, I should quit coffee very much out of a place of mm-hmm. obligation. And then I was like, screw that. I love coffee. I definitely, you know, I, I'm new to coffee. Can't have too much or else it'll, yeah. Yeah. Um, And also I feel this is important to say, I love coffee with a sweetener. So Mm -hmm. because we just, we vilify sugar in all forms. And yes, no, I I don't need to be eating a lot of sugar. It doesn't make me feel good. But um, yeah, I have water and coffee first thing. And sometimes I will do a meditation in the morning. I have a lot of stuff that will come through first thing in the morning or... I will, and I always do this, maybe like coffee or meditation, coffee, and then read. And I often, I, I, I like bookend my days with fiction. I read a lot of nonfiction, but I find reading fiction and non and fiction at the end and the beginning of the days to be so um, grounding and sort of a soft entry into just kind of waking up to the world itself. And I usually have a pretty good internal barometer in terms of I might read for 15 minutes and then I'm struck with an idea and I need to, my most creative time is in the morning. I was a real morning person. So I'll get to work right away or I'll read for 45 minutes because I'll be really hooked into a story. I love that. What is your favorite place you've traveled to? Gosh, each trip I've taken has represented a different phase in my life. So they all kind of, these places represent different things, but I think one of the most, and especially as it relates to the journey to self-love, I, so in 2015, I went on a trip to, to France. I was traveling to Provence and it was a little over a year after that first major breakup. And I was going to go with friends and then it ended up that I went on my own and I stayed in this beautiful villa in the south of France. And I traveled all around the south of France for, I don't know, six or seven days on my own. And I would drive to different towns throughout the day, but I stayed in the same place every night. And I had this really, I I remember it so vividly. I would sit out on the patio at night and there were surrounding, it was a larger property. So there were surrounding villas. So even though I was on my own, I could hear other people having dinner parties and playing music. And it was really, really beautiful. And I just remember sitting there drinking rosé and eating some type of cheese and olives and just snacking. And I felt, I felt really, really loved. Mm. And yeah. By yourself? (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. It was really, so that was such a formative it was so beautiful there and I was just, it felt so good to feel so small in comparison yeah. to just the sheer, I mean, it was lavender season and my my mom traveled there a lot. So it was very significant for her. I felt more connected to her and I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was texting with her and saying, telling her these things. It was just the whole presence of the place, I think, woke me up to just the, the I don't know, you know we can have a gratitude practice and try to force ourselves to see the beauty in life. And then there's another, I don't know, I was just, smacked on my head that week and it was just like oh god yeah that's really cool it was really lovely so it was a really special trip best thing you've eaten in the last week (sighs) we had those smoked beet tacos oh they were really good yesterday yeah and those were so good what's your last meal food oh gosh (sighs) favorite food 
You love pickled things. I, I love pickled things. But you know well. what? I really love, like I never tire of the comfort of peanut butter and jelly. Oh my God. So good. Or a nut butter and something like same. It's, there's something, and I have all these, I recently made Ina Garten's. So, I mean, yes, it's a sandwich or toast or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm, she has these peanut butter and jelly bars. Oh my God. Which are just like really bring you back. Yeah. It's a really sweet, um, well, literally, but I don't know. To me, it's such a grounding, warming yeah. thing to consume. So yes, do I love, I also actually really love cheeseburgers. <laughs> so, and that was actually, I used to have that in my, when I was dating online at one point, I had like, you know, a cheeseburger is never a bad idea. So that actually gave people, I had people suggest like, want to go here and get a cheeseburger? And I was great. I was going to ask you about food and dating. Like, is that, mm. and it, cause that plays into body image and yeah. I don't know, oh yeah. Of like how bloated there. am I going to be after I. Yeah. Or just, yeah. It, it's complicated for me. I feel like. So I actually, one of the most, this was another moment where someone I was dating at one point, I was healing from SIBO. So for, I don't know if we have to explain that to it, but basically it's a gut infection. It's really challenging. Well, I got a, I got a link to you for a podcast all about it. If okay. people want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can, yeah. And so you're basically, I felt like I was pregnant all the time. You're really bloated and uncomfortable. And uh, I personally couldn't drink that much. I had a very specific diet and I started dating someone where I was staying at their home too. And we had one meal that, it was like they made spaghetti and meatballs and I really, they knew that I couldn't have gluten. So they got gluten-free bread crumbs and crumbs and they got so gluten-free nice. pasta, but it's still, I mean, I had to lie down after it was not okay. <laughs> and they, they said, they were like, what can you eat? Kind of like, can you level with me here? Cause yeah. this is terrible and is sad. And I wrote them this long email at, that outlined every, it felt like so it was so intimate because I said, well, I have to have my coffee this way first thing. And then at this hour, I need to eat this because it quells my anxiety. And then this hour, I need to eat this. And they were like, thank you. Thank you for sharing this. It, it is so helpful. And I'm so like honored to care for you in this way. And the next time I visited, he had filled the fridge with all of my, I mean, bought Lara bars that he would never have bought. So sweet. So the question around food is like, to give people an opportunity to care for you. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I have, I know people who don't drink and they, you know, if you go out with somebody and they're turned off by the fact that you got a seltzer or whatever it is, it's like, well, then, then they can't, they, there's something about that they can't be with, with mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. So, you know, don't, you know, if you're vegan, there are great vegan restaurants. Yeah. I think it's more about the comfort and who you Lean are. into who you are in the beginning because that's just right. going to be a problem if you don't. Right. And there's nothing more tiring than keeping up, keeping the jig up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about God's spirituality? What do you think happens when we die? Mm. And I think that's a question, you know, in compatibility and relationships too. I have become so much more spiritual as I've gotten older, uh, which has been really fun and grounding and just yummy. It's been really nice. I feel very connected to my maternal grandmother and my dad who have both passed away. And so in very visceral ways, and that is so wonderful. And so when it comes to what happens after we die, I don't know, but 
I know they're here with me and that what a joy, you know, I love that. Okay. This is the opportunity to recommend things. So book, movie, TV show, music, person, <sighs> podcast, what have you been loving lately? I could recommend so many books, like so many books. Um, Give us just a couple, but I'll come at it from two angles and I'll say that one of the, I mean, the world of self-help is endless and there's also great stuff and a lot of fluff. One of the most impactful books that I've, the three most impactful books I've ever read that I would recommend to everyone are Broken Open by Elizabeth Lester, the founder of the Omega Institute. I actually love Brene's, one of her earlier books, The The 10 Gifts of Imperfection. It's so simple. She has such a way with language that makes it so digestible. And it's a great sort of knock you over the head. If you don't like yourself, like good fucking love. I mean, it's just, she does it in such a poetic way and it's really digestible. It's a short read. And then um, this is definitely meteor, but the untethered soul is a really, really rich way to get into the relationship between you and your thoughts and reality and all that kind of stuff. So, but then the thing that I'll say about reading is that fiction, and I totally was enlightened by this from when you had Serena on your podcast, Serena Wolf. Fiction has been such an antidote to my anxiety. And I love like Leanne Moriart, the one who wrote Big Little Lies. Um, anything that's kind of just not that complex is really, I love. Yeah. So what else am I recommending? Um, TV TV shows. Oh, I mean, I am totally, a, I've watched Parenthood and This Is Us and all these complex families that, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not a great person to come you wa- to. You're watching one on Netflix right now. That oh, like, Dead to Me. Yeah. With Christina. Okay. That's been pretty good. And I just watched the Take Down the House about all the female representatives mm-hmm. who ran, which was really, really, really awesome. Movie. Well, we have talked about how our favorite movie yeah. is. It's we complicated. Love, love, love. Um, I was on a real, I mean, when I was younger, I was such a Julia Roberts person. Mm. Um, you kind of look like her. Oh, gosh. That's a lovely compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I There was something that I saw recently, though. I recently saw the Aretha documentary. And it's just her performing. It's this footage from the... 70s late 60s something around there that was never released so cool it is such a celebration of how we are just not moved by music and art in that way anymore and it was so it was really wonderful to watch and so yeah that was a that was a great film what about podcasts what other podcasts do you listen to anything you want to recommend Mm, i mean i listen to a lot but I've really recently, I've recently, I've gotten really into Dak Shepard's podcast. We love in this I know. family. He's such a love. So good. I know. May every, may everyone find their Dak Shepard, <laughs> uh, which is something a friend said to me earlier this week. So I'll steal her line. Forever 35, which is, has kind of climbed the ranks, I think in the last few years. And it is such a, if you need, it's been so lovely. It's like, if you want to hang out with girlfriends and I've never listened to it. I'm going to check it out. You don't have people nearby. It's such a raw, funny, hilarious. I mean, I found my, find myself consistently laughing out loud. I feel like I have people hanging out with me and they're not there all the time. I will say also, I recently listened to, because occasionally I'll listen to, like to get away from the whole like self-help, let me analyze my life because that can become really tiring and the same. I recently listened to 
I think it's called The Dream, and it's a a reported journalistic look at pyramid schemes. (laughs) And that was fascinating to me. So that was really cool. What about music? What do you love listening to? Favorite song right now? I'm a real mix. I mean, I think you've witnessed it staying with me. Everything from I love old Motown, like Marvin Gaye, to more. Um, I'm actually like, I'm, oh, I didn't. Oh, God, there's some. We're going to have to put it in the show notes okay. because there's this album I've been listening to recently. And I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but the music is just. Great. It's mesmerizing. But yeah, everything from Motown and God, old hip hop to um, Mumford and Sons. Oh, yes. All the like, (laughs) I was just a wedding where we were sharing our first concert and mine was Rusted Root. I know. And then it was Indigo Girls. What's Rusted Root's big hit? It's like, Send Me on My Way. Yeah. Send Me on My Way. On My Way. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a good, you can't not be in a good mood. Um, And then John Mayer. So we were just talking about earlier, we were, it's rainy here today. And we're both woke up feeling Mm. kind of melancholy, even though we're like, you know, totally excited to do this and happy to be together. But then we were listening to sad music and I was about <laughs> to ask Clara to change it. And then suddenly really upbeat Motown starts playing. And I was like, we are so on the same page. I was yeah. like, this is not doing our depression any favors. No, no, I mean, I can definitely be the person that has like, feel all your feelings, very sad feelings songs. But that's when, I mean, to your question about when am I ready to date? I almost think of it. There's a certain point where you have to, with that moment you have when you're like, okay, I have got to play some happier music. This is like, get it together. Yeah. You can have that moment too. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes like we were talking about this a lot this weekend of sitting in your own shit. (laughs) That's such a crude analogy, but I mean, it can be helpful to find all the awareness, but I've been feeling like lately, like I'm so aware and it's so uncomfortable (laughs) I just need to like take some action and put some like one foot in front of the other and, you know, get my heart broken again or just realize that like this is life and this is, this is, it's messy and it's beautiful and it's all of the things, but it's happening all at once. And I either have to like tap into it or tap out of it. And I've been kind of tapped out of it feeling and I want to tap into it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think so much of it is around giving yourself the permission to do that because if you're on an endless journey to of personal development, I mean, it's endless and there's never that work can be great, but it can also, I mean, I don't, you know, I have set programs and periods for a reason because you should not be leaning on me for eternity. That's not, that's not the point, you know? So if you want to work with you, it's on your website and we'll have it all linked to you and we're doing, we're doing an event together. Yes. Oh my gosh. We would love for people to come to. Yes. Do we know the, I think it's it's, June 13th. Yes. It's June 13th in Brooklyn. If you haven't been to the Hoxton, it's It's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful space. So it's a good, it'll be seven o'clock on a Thursday night. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, we're figuring out what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be breakups. Yeah. Related adjacent. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. So if you want more of this, we'll see you on the 13th. Perfect. Thank you for doing this. We and is there anything else you want to let out? Did I ring you dry? Mm. <laughs> ring you dry. Did I squeeze so all your juice? I <laughs> just 
I think that my larger mission, I mean, in this life, it's like all we want to be, every human wants to be seen and heard and we all deserve to be seen and heard. And so however people, whether it's my writing or when I do things like this, or I work with people one-on-one, I hope to impart that feeling. And, and I think, especially with dating, we're so plagued by what am I doing wrong? When, if it feels messy and hard and scary and like you don't know what you're doing, you're in exactly like exactly the right place. This is not something when you're seeking a meaningful connection with someone to enrich your life, how would it be anything other than a rocky road to get there? You know? So, yeah, we talked about this a lot this weekend too of, you know, things that are simple doesn't make them less annoying. You know, mm-hmm. like this is the way we're wired and mm-hmm. doesn't make it, it's challenging, but it's beautiful and wonderful. And anyway, thank you. I love you so much. We're both loopy and have to go to the bathroom. This was a long one, but thank you so much for doing this. I think you're, you're so wonderful. welcome. Mm, we have to likewise. end with the letting out a deep breath. Are you ready? Yes, I need it. Okay. Inhale. Let it out. Oh, that was good. She's very into breath work, which we don't have time to get to now, but mm. we'll maybe talk about at our event on the 13th. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of supplemental healing modalities. Great. Yes. Talk to you then. Bye. <laughs> Hello again. That was my episode with Clara. Again, she's a delight. Let her know that you're still listening. I think I might have forgotten an emoji last week, but I'm going to give you one this week. I'll tell you that much. Okay. First, we got a lot to go through. Number one, I love these Baruka's nuts, you guys, so much that again, thank them for supporting, but I'm going to do a giveaway. So if you're still listening right now, comment that you want to join the giveaway and something that you learned from this episode on my latest Instagram photo. And if you can't think of anything you learned, tell me what your your favorite nut is. Maybe it's a Baruka nut. You know, that might increase your chances for winning. I'm just kidding. We actually will pick randomly. But the link to join that, to sign up for the giveaway, is in the show notes. And if you want to get the show notes delivered to your inbox, remember, you can do that very easily by going to the link. You can just click on your phone or however you're listening to this podcast and they can come right to your inbox. Here's the thing, you guys, these Baruka's nuts, I really love them. You can get 15% off by using the code Let It Out. They have more antioxidants than any other nut out there. They have more fiber than any other nut. They're very high in protein, and this is high quality, easily digestible protein. They're very mineral rich. Calcium, magnesium, potassium, the whole gang and other minerals too. And they're sustainable. For every bag sold, they plant a tree to expand the forest. I love the founder so much that I had him on the podcast last week and he was a really cool, nice guy. So support the sponsors by giving to them your money in trade for their products. (laughs) And honestly, use the code let it out for 15% off your first order. Okay, here's the next thing we're gonna talk about, you guys. Essential oils. Vitruvi, they make the most chic essential oil diffuser I've ever seen in my life. I think it would make a fantastic gift, perhaps for Christmas in July. I've been putting my essential oils into my 
Vertruvi diffuser. I leave it on while I'm working, but I also put it on during the getting ready for bedtime, shut the door, and then come back in and my room smells amazing. And I use these, this blend of lavender and sweet orange, which I'm not sure if that's a good combination or not, honestly, because I heard that sweet orange is like a more of a daytime thing, but I like the two together if you want to try that. And this is a tip I got from the founder, Sarah, when she did my podcast because Sarah and her brother founded the company. They're Canadian. They're lovely. And to get a discount off of your first order, use the code Let It Out to get 20% off your first order. These are the most premium essential oils. And again, it's just the chicest essential oil diffuser you will ever see in your life. All right, this is the time in the podcast where I do my LNL, my likes and learns of the week. What am I liking? What am I learning? I'm going to tell you right now. I listened to a bunch of podcasts on my flight home from LA, and most of them were with someone named Erin Lee Carr. Do you guys know her? She has a new book out called All That You Leave Behind, and it's about her dad, who is a writer for the New York Times, David Carr, who died unexpectedly in 2014. She's made several documentaries and just seems really fascinating. Her most recent episode of Fresh Air with Terry Gross was so wonderful. She not only is fascinating and articulate and smart, but the interview with Terry was really beautiful because Terry had all of these archival interviews with Aaron's father from over the years, and she would play some of that, and then Aaron would comment on it, and it was just a great interview, and you really get to know her and her father and their relationship and hear about her new book and her new projects, and I really enjoyed listening to that. And then I listened to Aaron also on Dak Shepard's podcast, which I love, and so does everyone else on the planet, Armchair Expert. So listen to that. It's a it's a long one, and they talk more in depth about her career and her relationship with her father and her sobriety. It's it's a really great, it's a great episode of Armchair Expert and Erin's really cool. Maybe she'll do the podcast. Erin, if you're listening, I would love to have you on. Maybe one of you knows Erin and could connect us. Okay, one more like this week. I haven't talked to you guys about what I've been eating in a long time other than Baruka's nuts, which honestly, (laughs) I've been eating a lot of Baruka's nuts. But stone fruit, if you are not enjoying the season's best peaches and plums and Stone fruit is so good, you guys. Oh my God. Can they sponsor the podcast? I've been eating so much of it. It's so wonderful. I want to make like a cobbler or something. I could probably put Baruka's nuts on it. Everything's just <laughs> becoming a mechanism for Baruka's nuts. Do you think I should make Baruka's nut butter? Maybe I should make that and sell that. Would you guys buy that? I could probably give you a discount code. <laughs> The other thing I've been liking to eat is the Ezekiel brand cinnamon raisin toast slathered with an uncomfortable amount of coconut oil. And then I put more cinnamon on top of that. And then I put jam on it. Some really good jam, maybe like a blackberry situation. I got some at the farmer's market. Okay. What have I been learning? I 
went to a almost eight hours of a session with this a hypnotherapist. I'll tell you more about her eventually, but this therapist was recommended to me by Andre Vermeulen, who many of you may remember has been a guest on this podcast years ago and in those years became a really close friend of mine. And when I was in this winter, actually, she told me about going to see this person. She thought it would be good for me in January. And she's like, if you want to get in with her, you need to call today because you're not going to be able to get in for months and months. So I called in January and I made the appointment for June and I went on Wednesday and it was so long. You guys, I was there for like, honestly, I got there at noon and Dre picked me up and we went and got sushi at eight o'clock. It was like eight hours of just talking. And then it's really cool. She gives you a hypnosis CD, not a CD. I don't know why I said that. She gives you an audio of a personalized hypnosis that you just play right before you go to sleep. So you pop it on and it has like things you need to reprogram and rethink in your life thinking through new neuropathways to rewire your brain, you know, because I have this like very, very low self-worth. Like I don't really believe in myself and this hopefully will help. I don't know. But the main thing I got from Mary is her name. She's so wonderful. And I recommend everyone to go see her. And I, you, you listen to this every night and I've only listened to it for one night, but You just pop it on while you're sleeping, which is great because, well, while you're going to sleep and then I haven't even finished the end because I keep falling asleep. One thing she said to me that really stuck with me was that feelings are temporary. Feelings, and this is not a new fact. I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before. I know people have said this to me, but for some reason it landed when she said it. And she just said that when you have an uncomfortable feeling, you don't have to do anything about it. You don't have to react to it. You don't have to cry about it. You don't have to tell anyone about it. You don't have to turn to food or to controlling or planning or your phone or to alcohol or to anything. You can just be with it. And if you do that, it will likely pass pretty quickly. And so I kept feeling uncomfortable or feeling sad or feeling depressed or feeling whatever I was feeling. And I honestly, I just did this. It was like one, two, three, four in my mind. I didn't look too crazy saying this out loud. And then suddenly it passed. And I was like distracted by thinking about something I wanted to buy, or I was thinking about something I was excited about for a second and the uncomfortable feeling had left. And then it came back and then a different one came and a different one came, but they always passed. And for some reason, this gave me such comfort. And so perhaps this is comforting to you. Thank you so much for listening. The emoji this week is the peanut because that's the only nut that there's an emoji. Should we start a campaign to have a Baruch is not emoji. I think Darren would like that. He's our friend. I hope he comes back and does the podcast. What an adventure. He's so lovely. Check out Baruch's Nuts. Oh my gosh, I'm really going in it with these Baruch's Nuts, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week with my writing teacher. She's so cool. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. It's one of my favorite that I've recorded in a really long time. Her name is Jessica. She'll be here next week. I'll talk to you guys then. Love you. Thank you for listening. Bye.